Folks, it's 2021. Let's buckle up and get ready for another thrilling season of Three Season a Pod with Chris, John, and Bashar. Three Season a Pod, a weekly podcast from Provision Advisors. A look at the good, the bad, and the what could be better in the world of communication. Hello and welcome to Three Season a Pod from Provision Advisors, the podcast for and about the global communications environment. It's a new year and a new season for our team. We're ready to bring you new analysis and coverage across a range of issues. With all that has transpired since our last podcast, we wanted to step forward with a firm commitment to refocus our efforts on what we feel most strongly about, that is, the fundamental elements of communication and what we see as good and also not so good. Now, this season is sure to get your attention with both our commentary and the thoughts and insights from some of our special guests along the way. As always, we know this show only benefits from the feedback we get from our listening audience. So as always, we welcome your feedback on the show and encourage you to reach out to us on Twitter at ProV Advisors or on our website, www.provisionadvisors.net. Now listen, we can't move forward without addressing the haunting events which occurred here in Washington, D.C. last week at our nation's capital. I'm gonna throw it to the floor, ask our panel their thoughts on what they saw from a comms point of view leading up to and after Wednesday. And particularly where agencies, politicians, and other organizations either went wrong or what you saw as a good piece of work in terms of reaching out to the public. There's a lot to cover, a lot to discuss, and I know we all have different varying views. So John, I'm gonna start with you again in terms of how uh, the shifting communication landscape uh, is pushing people emotionally uh, in terms of uh, where we gather our news from and all that. What did you see out there? Well, first of all, welcome back. Um, very Thank happy to be uh, joined in this venue once again by my uh, great friends and business partners. Um, it's been a while since, uh, since we've done this, and, and I'm glad that we took the time to, to recenter it and refocus and observe what was happening in the world and then apply our communications expertise to it. Um, if we had started this earlier, I think we would have missed the capital uh, scenario. So let, let me start by saying, number one, I think that it's very emblematic of where communications is and where technology is today. Number one, the social media part of this entire discussion is fascinating. Number one, the prevalence of the use of social media by the rioters who actually invaded the Capitol. Um, and, and then number two, the, the, the results that they yielded based on that social media. And, you know, we've all given that social media brief to our commands in the past in the military. I'd stand up in front of the entire brigade at the Naval Academy and say, hey, what you do on social media can come back and bite you. And these dudes are seeing this today, right? Um, the people who stormed the Capitol are most assuredly seeing that social media has played a role. And then with regard to the president using social media possibly as the generator or the prime spark for the attack on the Capitol, um, and then the resultant you know, banning that he got on both Facebook and Twitter and platforms beyond, I think shows a lot of where we're at right now, where social media is, and digital media, to use Chris's term, is, is the quintessential thing you need to be mindful of as a communicator. And that was on full display with the Capitol attack. So I know that we'll break this down more, but that was the one angle that I saw was interesting that, that four years ago, did we ever think that the banning of a U.S. president by Twitter would, would move the needle? Well, it sure as shit did. Chris? 
In in this podcast, right, we we focus, you know, we say three C's in a pod. We're talking about cosmetics. We're talking about control uh, and comp points. Chris, I'm interested, as we talk about getting back to the, the fundamentals of, of communication, uh, I don't know if you, I mean, look, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. I'm interested uh, in your take, uh, what you're seeing, I, I guess, in terms of uh, how we operate, um, how we would would talk to our uh, clientele about what exactly is, is the right way forward. I'm trying to see how we affect change, all right, how we can impress upon people to move in a, in a better direction. Or is that even possible? What do you see from your end? Well, I think, I mean, to zoom uh, out a touch from what John shared, um, I, I think probably now more than ever because of digital media and because of the speed and the reach of the medium, words matter more than ever. What you say has consequences. It has consequences because of who it reaches and because of how it is shared. And I'm not sure that at least in the case of politicians that they understand that as much as uh, maybe those folks that have an economic linkage to the words that they and their organization share. The events in Washington over the last couple of weeks and really the election in general of 2020 have, have taught, at least me, is that in addition to words matter, it's that political and social rhetoric is changed forever, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that you can rant and rave and kind of give the fire up speech to the audience that you're talking to, whether it's in person or virtual, and that, you know, oh, they just said it because they were at the event or they just said it because they, you know, got caught up in the moment. I think that's changed, right? Again, words matter. It goes to knowing your audience and knowing what that rhetoric and what the medium in which you deliver that rhetoric will do to the audience and will do in terms of them taking you literally whether uh, and, and what they will do in, in response I'm worried that people, you know, that we've lost the bubble on uh, the ability to communicate sort of at a strategic level. Um, and then, you know, if you look at uh, research that's out just as recent as today in the Edelman Trust Barometer that, that was released, um, it again sort of reinforced what we talked about last season and kind of what we felt throughout 2020. And, and that's just this general lack of trust in the way that media, government, NGOs um, communicate, and that it really is only business and specifically leaders um, that people trust. Uh, and they really only trust them to tell the truth and to fix problems because they know that they have a vested interest in doing that, not necessarily from a societal you know, uh, reason, but because of the economic consequences that go along with not telling the truth. And so it's almost like over the last couple of years, we've shaken the etch-a-sketch of communication. Now, I still very much believe that the three C's um, hold very much true. Your ability to control the environment, control your own environment, and then how you fit into the larger environment, your ability to communicate effectively, be true to your communication points, have communication points that are uh, tied to a communication goal, are tied to uh, the audience that you, you want to reach. 
and then the cosmetics in terms of how you portray yourself both uh, you know physically but also metaphysically in terms of how you're received uh, cosmetically. I, I still think those three C's very much hold true. I, I just worry that the environment that we are um, that we are operating in, um, folks are not as familiar with that the changes that have occurred in the environment and therefore, whether it's a, a gaffe or whether it's um, igniting a, um, a movement that you didn't expect to ignite, I think that a better understanding of that environment and a better command of that environment is what we all need to focus on. Chris, I was listening to some commentary you made on another podcast, and I, I want to pull on that thread just a little bit uh, further, if I could, and get your take um, when we talk about uh, certain issues uh, or dealing, I believe you you were you were saying that, you know, we we need to to move further out and stop dealing with uh, symptoms. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And I just want to know what what role you feel. Everybody like professional communicators, whether we're talking about um, you know the press secretary or you know a VP of comms, you know, out there in the business world. What role, if any, do they play in, in changing uh, the thought patterns of particular audiences out there? You know, how do they insert themselves, if at all, into changing that, that shifting landscape that we're talking about? Well, I think whether it's through the leadership lens or whether it's through just strictly the communication lens, approaching either leadership or communication you know, symptomatically it is both ineffective um, and I would say even almost immoral. And what I mean by that is X happens, therefore Y is the response. And I think we saw that, we've seen that throughout 2020, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, pandemic occurs, uh, folks uh, respond in kind of the traditional way that you're supposed to respond to that. And then it's like, we're quick, we're quickly we're quickly through the initial situation. And then there, you know, as you go to your play sheet, there is no other play to run. And and so you're paralyzed. And what people I think miss is that the audience continues to go on, right? So again, I I will throw it back to this, this past week, right? Kudos to CEOs and organizations and whatever for either suspending political uh, contributions or, pulling ads down or putting up on LinkedIn, you know, these, um, these long uh, diatribes about how this isn't who America is and, and, and whatnot. And you want to ask them like, where have you been? These knuckleheads have been saying this for, for years and you've been giving them money. Um, Your employees have been going to rallies and marches for years and you've you haven't said anything. Uh, you, you know, uh, apparently the, the Joint Chiefs just figured out that the behavior within the, uh, the ranks of the military and within the retired community um, is detrimental to good order and discipline and that they right. may or may not have a white supremacy problem. Where have you been? And so this symptomatic like issue and um, event-based approach to communication and leadership yeah, it may get you off the cover of the New York Times, or it may get you, you know, uh, off of the trending list on Twitter, but you're going to face it again, unless you kind of, again, zoom out and realize that words matter, and that your political and social rhetoric or response to that has consequences. 
and that now more than ever you you have to lead. So that that's what I mean by symptomatic. I mean that's great that you know, and I'm kind of all over, but in my mind these are all linked. It's great that right. you're putting. Um, it's great that you're putting in um, metal detectors at the doors of the Capitol. Uh, but I mean, are you really getting after the, the larger problem or are you just treating the, the symptoms? And I, I, I mean, I tell people, and this is what I mentioned in the podcast, look at 9-11. Immediately after 9-11, we waged war, a war that we're still engaged in, and mm-hmm. we banned people from taking nail clippers on planes. Did we really solve or go after the, the larger problems that led to 9-11? And my fear is, is that we will uh, ban Donald Trump from Twitter. We may even impeach Donald Trump. And we uh, are going to put metal detectors at the doors of the Capitol. But are we really going to get after the communication and leadership and political causes that brought us to this point? Chris, thank you so very much. John, I want you to close us out on this subject, uh, at least for now. And I'm going to put this question to you. Uh, you know, Chris talked about, um, you know, platforms, specific communication platforms and people being removed, um, uh, having their, you know, accounts suspended and what have you. What I'd like to know from you is I, I'm big on what gets us back to center uh, in your in your capacity, uh, what you've seen, you know, working at a state level, what you've seen working uh, in the DOD. What are those steps in your mind, um, you know, with, with people saying, oh, that's it. I'm never going to, you know, look at Facebook again. I'm never going to look at Twitter again. Uh, you know, if people are, are, are divided in this war, uh, war for attention, war for, for factual information continues, uh, is there anything you can suggest that pulls people back to, okay, I'm going to listen uh, to this now? Um, I'm going to, to change the way, or not even, I don't know if it's change, but, you know, I, I'm going to take the time uh, to listen to this information being put out by whatever individual that is. Uh, sorry, that was a long-winded question, but just like to know your thoughts on it. No, I, I think that we've talked about the concept of an echo chamber on this podcast before. And, and so how does the Biden team, in the interest of finding healing and, and, and Biden and his communication squad have done a, a very noteworthy job of using Twitter in the exact opposite way that the Trump team and Donald Trump actual use Twitter. And that is, you know, that he gives these updates. In nine days, this country begins to heal. You know, it's almost like that generating buy-in uh, thing that we always talk about when we train our clients on, like, what are you doing? What, what's the story? What are you trying to hook your audience with? And for the Biden team, it's healing. Um, but how are you going to do that? Um, you know, knowing that everyone is sort of gravitating towards separate echo chambers, and we've talked about both the benefits and the harm of an echo chamber, where you're only getting your information from Fox or from MSNBC, what's that medium in the middle? Um, I think it's going to be something new. I think the Biden team needs to create as Parler came up out of the ashes of nothing and actually became this uh, medium that, that, that caused further division. What medium do you come up with in order to coalesce, in order to bring people together? And, and to be honest with you, I'm not really sure what that's going to be. Um, but I do know that they're, they're doing the right things so far. Mm-hmm. Um, do not be Twitter dependent, um, get up on the podium more, both in the defense department 
and at the State Department and at the White House and bring that transparency and bring that truth and bring that very frank conversation to the people um, and hope that as you do that with consistency and reliability, things that we've talked about on this pod and in our blogs, you, know, you, can, you communicate consistently um, with consistency and you're reliable in, in the timing of your delivery and, the, and what you say, what your messages are that you're going to bring people together more. Um, it, it's, it's just got to happen because, you know, certainly the, the, the division that was caused by the Trump tweeting has never been questioned and is, and is an actual thing. And I'm frankly, on a personal level, glad that it's gone. Gentlemen, I thank you very both for your commentary on that. I know it's a, it's a subject of, of growing concern uh, as we move closer and closer to the inauguration. Uh, so I appreciate your feedback there. Folks, it's time for a quick break. We want you to stick with us. You're listening to Three C's in a Pod. Provision Advisors, we prepare your team for the what-ifs you never thought you'd encounter. Let us help solve your toughest communication challenges and leave your team stronger and more capable for the opportunities that lie ahead. We're back. Uh, folks, COVID, the coronavirus, COVID-19 uh, has been front and center uh, for all of uh, 2020 and moving us into the new year, 2021, there is growing concern uh, across the globe uh, and definitely here in the United States uh, as the vaccine rollouts uh, continue to, uh, to get underway. Uh, to say that there is confusion uh, about who should get the, uh, the vaccine or, or what time and when you're going to get the vaccine um, is an understatement. Um, as we move, uh, further and further uh, in through the end of this month uh, and the vaccine rollouts continue, we are left to uh, also deal with the fallout of the coronavirus from, you know, our children in schools, uh, how we operate out uh, in our public, leaving our homes, uh, doing the daily uh, necessary things to, uh, to keep this ship moving. So I want to ask both Chris and John, to weigh in what you've seen, what, as you know, as you look back uh, across 2020, uh, things that caught your eye uh, as we dealt with as a nation with coronavirus, uh, what are things that may have affected you uh, uh, personally? And then what do you see moving forward in the communication landscape um, about how we deal, uh, you know, the, 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 virtual, uh, the virtual environment uh, of communication in dealing with COVID. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna go to you first. Broadly, uh, I saw lots of uh, tactics. I saw lots of tactical approaches, uh, lots of symptomatic approaches to dealing with um, the communication challenges presented by um, COVID-19 and what it did to the workplace and what it did to our home life uh, and, you know, really what it did to society in general. And I understand why, right? I mean, people, they immediately, you know, how can I immediately deal with this challenge and, and continue to do what we do, you know, as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And so I, I don't blame people for really focusing on the tactics. I would say moving forward though, if you want to really um, embrace as many of the lessons learned as possible, 
And if you want to be effective and not, and get out of moving from tactic to tactic, you know, mm-hmm. going from Twitter or going to, uh, you know, from zoom or whatever, and looking for the next hot thing, I would encourage people to, um, y- you know, to step back and really change the way they lead. We talked in the military, we talked a lot about intrusive leadership and intrusive leadership kind of had a negative connotation, but really what, what it meant was like being proactive, right? So instead of saying intrusive, you could say proactive. What I would say from a communication standpoint is, is I would encourage intrusive listening, intrusive Mm. shaping of the environment, right? Don't wait for the problem to be brought to you especially if people are um, still working in a distance environment, whether that's just, you know, distance work, distance learning, whatever. I think from a financial standpoint, the benefit from COVID is, is people realize they don't need as many brick and mortar offices. And so we're likely to see more of this um, distance work and distance communication occur. And so I would say, hey, you know, use intrusive listening, use intrusive shaping of whether that's the internal or external environment uh, to truly be effective in how you shape and deliver your communication, whether it's to your people or whether it's to the broader audience. Uh, I'd like to, just a second before I I go back to John, Chris, I want to ask you, intrusive listening. So, you know, a lot of people are sitting at home. Uh, As you said, we're not, you know, we're we're not going to to those brick and mortar offices how can someone how does the lay person uh bring themselves to even to to even arrive at that at that point that that you know what i mean because i feel like that that takes a bit of bandwidth to understand that i need to even hear from that i I always talk about widening your aperture but how do we get how do we get people to that point or is that just a, a a question that you know, it, it, it just depends well, I think it, on the individual. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I think it varies, right? I mean, you know, in traditional ways of communication, uh, I think we've all recognized leaders or groups of leaders that um, are able to kind of get out of their, um, you know, bubble um, or get out of the C-suite, get out of the E-ring, get out of wherever they are, get out of their office and, and, and um, go out and kind of meet their audience where they are and listen and, you know, gain um, uh, information that, that they then can compare to data and they then can compare to the reports that they're getting through the normal channels. Um, that obviously has been disrupted because of COVID. So what are you doing as an organization to replace that, right? I mean, is it, you know, more virtual meetings with your workforce or with your, um, uh, with your clientele? Is it, you know, better mining of social media or other platforms? What, what, is, the, what is that that you are doing to um, get out there and figure out what's on the mind of the audience well before it becomes a problem? And yet you're right, Bashan, it does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of resources and a lot of effort, but it really becomes a risk reward, right? I mean, how much energy do you want to put in on the front end of the problem to shape and to intrusively listen versus waiting until the problem is at your doorstep and you have very few options on how to deal with it. John, you're someone who is, um, I would say, a, um, you, as we say sort of in, in my kids will say this, you go hard for your community. 
right? You 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 are someone who who lives in that Annapolis community, and you 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 stand up whether it's uh you know the generation of an op-ed that's going to appear in the Capital Gazette, uh, or or just you know as you as you live, breathe, eat, and operate in and around Annapolis, uh, you know that community is something that you're beholden to. So I want to ask you, um, you know, just I'm very quickly. If, it, if, if that's even possible, looking back on 2020 and then now looking forward into 2021, you know, what you saw in that community, choices that were made uh, in terms of, you know, how, um, how, how residents had to deal uh, with, with the existence of COVID. And then sort of like to Chris's point about uh, the, 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 the listening, what is, is that happening in, in that community or in, in you know, in your surrounding area? Uh, are we taking time to listen to one another so that we can eventually move forward uh, to a place where this is behind us? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would say in short, no, there hasn't been a lot of listening at all uh, here locally. Um, I wrote a blog, we put it on our website, it's out there on our social media as well, where I sort of looked at uh, the Annapolis reaction and, and coping with COVID um, via the relationship between the county executive and restaurants here locally as the, the, the pandemic has, has ebbed and flowed. Um, you, you've seen a lot of change and a lot of reaction to you know, the increase of infections, you know, there was a decrease of infections into the summer. And I felt like a lot of people, particularly locally, took their foot off of the gas as they thought the finish line had arrived. Um, and then it hadn't. And now we are, here we are, we're recording another season of this pod, and it's still upon us. So it's not going to stop. You know, we're, I think yesterday, we had the highest number of deaths since this thing started in the US total. Um, so it's not going to stop. How are you going to communicate to people to further assuage their fears? Number two, how are you going to communicate what your policy is in terms of getting the vaccine? Because we can have an entire other pod about vaccine comms and the prevalence of anti-vax opinions mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. and how it's going to affect us, you know, as a society. And then, and then how are you going to communicate to people about the safety of, of working from home? You know, again, we can have an entire other pot about communicating the safety of your cyber operations when you're doing Zoom and Teams meetings from home. And here we are three weeks removed from one of the biggest hacks on this country ever, you know, that has been called an act of war. Um, so you've got to communicate tactically about the safety of working from home and empathetically about how this pandemic goes forward and you continue. Uh, and I'll put the the, the plug-in right now for the article that Chris uh, put on his LinkedIn about this trust index and about what people want to hear from you as CEOs or leaders of companies, mm -hmm. and it's consistent and empathetic comms. If you're consistent and, if, and you show that you care about them, you're going to get them to buy in and you're going to communicate and lead them through this crisis. It's as simple as that. It's just that some people just get in their own way. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, listen, folks, it's a, it's a new year, but uh, COVID is still front and center uh, affecting all of us. I know uh, here on Three Season a Pod, we're going to continue to have to, uh, you know, talk about uh, COVID uh, and, and just where we're going to get leadership, where we're going to see leadership 
come in uh, and hopefully push us towards uh, continuing to make uh, good choices, safe choices, uh, so that we can uh, get out of this all together. Uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to look out on the horizon. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Three Season a Pod. At Provision Advisors, we specialize in strategic communication planning, execution, and coaching for senior level leaders and communicators dedicated to achieving success. We work together with your team to achieve favorable outcomes amid contentious or controversial issues which directly impact relationships and market identity. We're back, and it is time to look out on the horizon. What do we see uh, down the road ahead? Uh, John, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what's out there for you? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm never going to let a three-season-a-pod episode go by without some mention of sports. And as I look out on the horizon, number one, um, you know, the, the college uh, national title game is behind us. Congratulations to Alabama. I, I, I think it's become just so canon that Alabama wins national titles. I had no idea that that was Saban's seventh title. Um, so way to, way to be good and, and be very quiet uh, about, about that excellence. Um, but also in the sports world, as the NFL season wraps up, I'm going to watch very closely the continued dynamic between one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Um, and I would say that it's pretty safe to say that Deshaun Watson is in the top five of quarterbacks right now. Um, I'd certainly put Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers ahead of him, but after that, you, you don't have too many guys who are, who are much more athletic and dynamic than Deshaun Watson. And what I'm watching there is there's been a story circulating amongst that team where Again, I'm talking about this from the lens of generating buy-in and leading your people effectively. You, you have to follow through on what you promise your people. And the story here, and I'll keep it short, is that the, the new ownership uh, of the Houston Texans, it's still in the McNair family, but Bob McNair, the longtime owner, has died, and now the son is the new owner. Um, apparently there was a conversation between the new owner and uh, Deshaun Watson that Deshaun would be involved in the picking of a GM, that he was the franchise player. He signed a 100 plus million dollar extension last year. He's obviously the future of the franchise. So you tell him he's going to have a voice in the hiring of a new GM. And then what does the owner do? He hires one of the Belichick disciples as the new GM and doesn't bring in Deshaun Watson at all. Um, thinking that you can unilaterally make that decision is basically the opposite of buy-in. When you tell other people that they are going to be involved in the process, when you turn around and you go against your word and you don't involve them in the process, you lose the buy-in and you lose the morale and you lose the effectiveness of your operation. You want to know why that team is going to be drafting, I think, number four or five this year in the draft? Um, it's because you were a terrible team. Uh, with Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt and all of those people on that squad, you obviously have a buy-in problem. And the, the owner showed that, that failure front and center with not following through and bringing in Deshaun Watson and the hiring of a new GM. So I'm going to see how he recovers from this, if at all. I think it ends with them having to trade this player who's a generational talent because they just didn't know how to lead and communicate. Again, basic blocking and tackling. Um, you know, the more that you communicate openly with your, with your staff, with your employees, uh, the more a part of that team they'll feel. When you start acting unilaterally, you'll lose them. And that's what just happened here. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. 
Good points, John. Uh, Chris, over to you. Uh, what has your attention out there? Yeah, I'll stay on the uh, on the sports uh, conversation because I think we, you know, we adequately covered at least for now uh, the political and uh, and COVID angles. Um, Certainly, uh, it, it does intersect with, uh, with with my sports topic. I, I'm watching the the brand reputation of professional sports in the world that that we live in. Each of the major leagues um, were very quick to react to COVID and shut down and. They very much followed the feelings uh, and concerns of uh, mainstream society. And so I, I wonder and worry that as um, they are now kind of in, you know, go to, uh, I guess, the second season, if you look at basketball and if you look at hockey and, and if you look at um, the NCAA, they're now running into kind of the second season. So this, uh, this, rejoicing this feeling of thank god sports are back i think it's starting to ebb and so now i, I think we're going to hold professional sports uh, much more accountable um to their place in the covid insurrection and economic fallout landscape uh and so i think that their brand is very much going to be tied to the behavior uh, of their of their athletes, the priority that they put on um, social awareness, that they put on safety, um, that they put on empathy from an economic standpoint. Um, so I, I think it could be a tough spring season for for sports, who I think when they immediately came back felt like you know America and their audience was 100% behind them. I don't know if that's going to be the case. So I'm, that's what I'm going to watch as we uh, as we finish up the winter and uh, and head into the spring. So you're yeah. saying there are going to be less fans to observe the the Orioles' miraculous World Series I, run this coming year? I, I fear that uh, that that will be the case, John. Uh, Chris Davis is going to definitely win the batting title this year. Let's see how they communicate about that. Go ahead, Bashan. Yeah, no. Listen, it's um, I, I, I know, John. You, you were saying that uh, a little, you know, just a little tongue in cheek. But, but what, um, what Chris brings up is something that I've been paying uh, close attention to as well. So, uh, yes, um, it, it will be quite an eye-opening uh, and intriguing thing to watch, uh, as we're, you know, the three of us are all uh, very much into uh, into our sports and our and our sports teams, and just sort of how it affects and intersects with life. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for for being on today. I'll I'll close out with this. Um, yes, we we we've uh, run a run uh, rampant on on politics and the events of last week and in uh, how COVID is affecting us all. And it's not to make light of of those situations at all. They are things that are affecting our lives, affecting our communities, um, and we will continue to uh, to have to deal with that. Um, amidst the tumult of, of all this, uh, I just want to say. Uh, here goes the soapbox. Uh, life continues. Life moves on. Uh, we are each uh, fathers, uh, you know, and and as we continue and we talk about this, about our children uh, and how all of this is affecting them and we're having conversations with them. Uh, I just want to, you know, continue to put a plug in uh, for us as uh, as business owners, as friends, as adults uh, out here uh, in this big machine. Uh, that we need to uh, continue to, to put our best foot forward uh, for our children uh, because they are, are watching all of this. Uh, one thing I know that, that my daughters 
uh, are, are looking forward to uh, in this United States of America is that we're going to make a little bit of history next week uh, as we um, swear into office uh, our first woman vice president. And uh, I, for one, think that's something to be proud of. Um, and, uh, and, and it makes me, it, it makes me happy, uh, to witness. So, um, that's my on the horizon, uh, gentlemen, again, thank you for being with us and folks, thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate you joining in on the conversation. Uh, if you'd like more information, uh, as your business or organization navigates, uh, the ever-changing communication environment, please feel free to reach out to us at provisionadvisors.net. Uh, you can even sign up for our weekly update delivered straight to your inbox every Sunday morning. Uh, please, again, that's provisionadvisors.net. And folks, in the meantime, we want you to be mindful and be safe. Take care. Thank you for listening to Three C's in a Pod. Have a great week.